the Old Testament reading that George uh, read to us, making it clear how Abraham argues with God or tries to persuade God not to condemn everybody in Sodom. It's a, an excellent pairing um, of readings there. But what I want to do this, this morning is to look a bit more at that epistle, something that we don't actually um, look at too often. But there's been a series of three or four weeks looking at the, with a reading from Paul's letter to the Colossians. I thought it's probably worth having a good look at it, just because it has things to say to us. Now, we have some things on the overhead projector. If we just have the first couple of bits up there. Down, down, down a bit. No, no, the other way, the other way. Yeah. The other way. That's right. There we are. Right. You're probably familiar with um, sort of children's stories and, um, and Treasure Island and treasure maps existing, or even in, um, in Harry Potter, actually. There's a map, but the problem is, first of all, you've got to get the map, and then when you've got the map, you've got to find out what it's about. You've not only got to find out where the treasure is, you've got to be warned of the dangers on the way, and then you've got to find actually what it's, you know, how, to, how to get there, the route. Now, Paul talks here about the treasures that are there for us in Christ. And what he's talking about here is that it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. There's various false teachers that were around in the area at the time, saying things that in some ways are not too dissimilar to some of the false teachers we get today. But Paul is absolutely overflowing and positive that Christ is all in all. As the reading that we had from the New Testament that everything of God is embodied in Christ. So you've got God, and you've got God in a human being. So there is a direct connection. You don't need anything else in between. That is it. That is the glory. That is the hidden truth that has been kept secret for a long time. That is the hidden truth that the Jewish people had always been promised that God would send a redeemer and a savior for them, that God would rescue them and bring them into his new land and new kingdom, and that the kingdom of God would be the whole of creation, wouldn't just be limited to the Jewish people. That was their promise, but they, they hadn't been able to see it up till then, until the time of Jesus, when Jesus came and proclaimed that the kingdom of God has arrived. Let's go up a little bit. There are dangers on the way, as in any sort of a, a treasure map. Uh, there's a warning normally on the side. Here be dragons. You know, be careful how you go down this route. There are false teachers around. And in the context of the Christians at Colossae, there were two sets of false teachers. Some of them had got a Jewish background and some of them were actually of a Greek background. Colossae was actually predominantly a Greek city, but almost every community around there got a small Jewish community as well. 
and the problems that actually that had been seen in particular in Galatia, and Paul had written to the Galatians about this in great detail, was that people were coming and saying, well, you say you, you know, you're, a, you're, you're a Gentile convert, you've become a Christian, that's fine. But you've got to obey the law as well. You've got to be circumcised if you're a male. You've got to sort of keep the food laws. Um, you've got to sort of observe all these rules. And Paul says to them, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Who has led you astray? He would say the same to the people in Corinth, but as far as we know, this false teaching hadn't quite arrived there yet at that point. You don't need all of this. The law binds you. The law restricts you. The law actually is the one that points out that you're wrong, you're sinful, and you need the mercy of God. And Jesus was there to say, you have now received it. As he says in here, all your sins have now been folded up and nailed to the cross and taken on that cross into the heart of God himself. You have been forgiven. This is a, you know, they are trying to lead you astray. That's one set of false teachers they got. The other ones were ones who actually were following uh, Greek religions. There were any number of gods around at that time. Every city would have temples to various things. And there were people who were coming to the Christian church and say, this is wonderful. This is wonderful now you've become Christians. This is a, yet another one of the wonderful set of religions we've got in our, our Greek society. Um, but um, you're the new kid on the block. You've got to learn the rules. Actually, there are things you have to say and do. There are a whole range of gods, demigods, that stretch between us and heaven. And Jesus, obviously, is a very important one, but there are others as well. And so you've got to make certain that you actually tick all the boxes on the way up. Otherwise, you might find you've somehow failed because you haven't done the right thing. I remember doing an exercise years ago, there was a clergy training thing, and we had to produce a folded sheet of information for a school class, and there were certain, we had to follow the instructions carefully, and the instructions were very specific, and when you stapled them together, so that nobody could cut their finger on a staple, you had to put a little bit of sellotape over the staple in the middle. Seems a bit over the top, but you know, some ways, sometimes, yes, you have to do that. And there was one group who'd done everything perfectly. They were far better than our group, but they hadn't put that bit of sellotape on. And they failed. And they looked so disconsolate because they knew they were better in everything else. They'd failed because they hadn't ticked this one apparently silly little box. And Paul is saying there are false teachers around that will tell you there's all sorts of rules to take. No, you don't. Paul talks about, and it's very confusing in some ways, because we don't really understand what all this means. He talks about the elemental spirits of the universe. What on earth does this mean? Well, what it means is it's this building block of demigods stretching from man to heaven. I think the, uh, the translation that George used talked about sort of uh, Satan's sort of opposing you. But the way Paul uses this argument, he says, we haven't actually beaten all of those. They don't exist. They're not there. The dragons, if you like, are in your mind that are binding you to having to do this, that, or the other. 
Don't be fooled by some non-existent sort of spiritual unities that are just not there at all. You have got the genuine article. You have got access to the Father himself through the Son. Where do we go from there? Don't let them kidnap you, he says. That's the three things in this verse. Don't let them take you captive through this philosophy and empty deceit. You're free. Don't fall for their tricks. Disarm. Don't let them condemn you. In matters of food or drinking or observing festivals, new moons, Sabbaths, etc., etc. Don't let them condemn you for doing things, that, not doing things that you don't need to do. You don't need to fulfill all those rules. Now, there may well be things of how Christians are meant to live together that we should be doing, but we obey out of love and not out of law. And I was just wondering, while we're there, and they're kidnapping you by those elemental spirits, which, which just seems very mysterious to us. What is it that can hold us in bondage? What is it that, if you like, has deluded us and thinks, made us think it's important and affects our life when it shouldn't? Well, how about horoscopes? If there are any number of people who read their horoscope regularly and then will alter their life during that day to try to fit it. Let me tell you what St. Paul would say. They're nonsense. And it doesn't matter what star sign you were born under, it does not affect your life. Your life is only affected by being in Christ and growing in Christ. That is to disarm the rulers and the authorities because they will only rule in your mind. Here be dragons. Just turf them out. Lean on Christ only. Christ is all to me. Jesus Christ is all to me. There's actually, there's a wonderful sort of Tamil-based hymn based on that that I may try and teach you at some time, but not now. So what's the route to take? Well... Paul gives the answer to it as well. How would you take the journey with this map to this? And he says, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. People who are caught in bondage to whatever they might be, even if it's evil people, which we have that as well. They know that in their lives, that they're restricted. They can't abound in thanksgiving. But if we are free in Christ, we can abound in thanksgiving. And that links really very neatly with our gospel reading, where Jesus says to his disciples who've asked to hear about how to pray and told to be persistent, and that even, even people who don't really want to give you the answer, if you pester long enough, you'll probably get something. And he turns to them and says, look, if even you, being evil, know how to give good gifts, your Father, who is not, 
He'll give the Holy Spirit to anyone who asks him. And that is the treasure at the end of the map, if you like. Not, not only are we in Christ and incorporating Christ, we have the Holy Spirit to enable us to live that Christian life. And the challenge to us is simply, have you asked your Father to give you that spirit to change your life? Because he will. And so we're going to sing. Unusually, after the sermon, you know it. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Now, it, this has got three verses. I have no idea what the music is going, whether it's going to do two verses or three. But we'll remain seated and sing this. It's, uh, it's hymn 615, by the way, if you can't see the screen from there. Thank you. Let's, um, let's sing that now, Sarah.